So welcome to Waco Watch the Podcast. I am Duana McCray. I am here with Mike Tomasulu and Danielle Williams to talk about the second trial in the VLSI versus Intel case. As you know, in this trial, VLSI is seeking over $1 billion in damages from Intel for Intel's alleged infringement of two patents. Danielle, what happened today? Today, VLSI continued with its case in chief it presented its second infringement expert addressing the 522 patent, and then it presented its testing expert, Dr. Anna Varam, who testified in the first trial, as folks may remember. The day concluded with a series of uh, depositions uh, that, were, that were played, so I think the full complement of depositions have been played for both sides, and then the, the trial day ended. Tomorrow, VLSI is going to present its damages expert, Dr. Ryan Sullivan, uh, who also uh, participated in the first trial, and then will rest its case. Let's talk about the arguments each side presented today, um, starting with VLSI's second infringement expert, Dr. Michael. And Mike, can you say the last name for me? Uh, Brogioli. So, Dr. Michael Brogioli from Rice University. Mike, you were there. What did he testify about? Well, so he testified about three things, uh, and he followed the, the same sort of structure that the prior uh, expert had testified about yesterday. He first talked about the Intel products and the background of the patent, and so he sort of kind of weaved those two things together to try to um, you know, sort of lay the foundation that the, the Intel products are using the patent and and that the patent was interesting and worthwhile technology so that was the first point that he testified about and then he talked about his infringement analysis and then third he talked about his opinion that intel's use of the patented technology caused its processors to enjoy a significant performance increase and so the way he did that was uh, well, basically there's something called the fiverr chip that's a part of the accused microprocessors, and that stands for fully integrated voltage regulation. And so that fiber is a, is at issue in both of the infringement reads for both patents, the 187 and the 522. And for this patent that Dr. Brogioli was testifying about, his position was that when you use the um, speed shift, Intel's a chip that uses Intel's speed shift technology combined with the FIVR, the fiber, a fully integrated voltage regulation that resulted in an infringement. And so he presented his conclusion that based on testing that Dr. Anavaram did, that you compare the performance increase from a chip that just uses speed shift, compare that to a chip that uses fiber and speed shift, and you get a significant performance increase, which he attributed to the infringement. And what happened on cross-examination? On cross-examination, Bill Lee took the cross-examination. Intel continued to pound their theme that nobody had ever heard of the patents, that they're stale tech, and that this witness had actually worked at Freescale and never heard of the patents when he was there. Also pounded the theme that the patents were directed to little battery-operated MP3 players, that they were really directed to turning on the MP3 player, not something that happens uh, as is accused when you know, during the you know normal performance of the the, the microprocessor, and, and that ultimately that these 
have no role in high-powered microprocessors because they were directed to you know battery performance for tiny MP3 players in the early 2000s. And then the last part of the cross-examination, there was a significant investment of time by Intel in setting up its invalidity defense for this patent. That defense appears to be based on the fact that the patent went through an inter partes re-exam. The original claim was rejected under 102E, and that led Sigmatel to add limitations to the patent, to add a specific limitation to the patent. And it sounds like what Intel is going to do is argue, try to basically piggyback from that and say, then add something to the uh, prior art that was before the patent office to say that that results in the uh, patent being invalid. Thank you, Mike, for that overview. And the last in-person witness was Dr. Anavaram. Danielle, what did he testify about? Dr. Anavaram picked up where the infringement experts left off with regard to the testing. So remember, both of the infringement experts talked about how uh, there were improvements uh, by the technology and already previewed for the jury what those improvements were and Dr. Anavaram's testing that he did to determine what the improvement was for the incremental benefit from a VLSI's perspective. So Dr. Anavaram went through in more detail uh, what his testing process was uh, including how he identified what the test should be and what the comparison would be. Uh, he relied uh, significantly on Intel's own benchmark testing uh, that it makes available uh, internally. So just for example, if someone at Intel would like to know whether the addition or subtraction of a particular component will have an impact on speed, they've got testing modules available uh, internally to, to determine what the outcome would be. And those same uh, modules were what Dr. Anavaram used uh, to evaluate what the improvement was for the alleged invention here. He went through in a, in a lot of detail, had a very solid grasp of the facts around what he did and why and why he did it uh, for his presentation on direct. And what points were Intel trying to get during the cross-examination of Dr. Anavaram? That's a good question. The cross-examination was handled by uh, Joe Mueller and he was trying to make the same points he had made in the first trial, which was that he tested the wrong things. And so he made a chart uh, that he went through with, with Dr. Anavaram that sort of showed the five accused chips and basically saying like, you didn't test this chip, you didn't, didn't test this chip, you didn't test this chip, and try to make it seem like Dr. Anavaram just hadn't done a very thorough job because you know he, I guess it sounds like from what Dr. Anavaram was saying, it takes a long time to do these benchmark tests. And so he only sort of did some of them and then kind of projected his results onto the other chips. He had a, there was an analogy that I kind of presume was meant to be directed to the, you know, the fact that we're in Waco, Texas. He asked about, you know, if you have, if you're a farmer and you have corn and hay and wheat, you wouldn't you know, determine whether to pick the corn if you just by looking at whether one, you know, one particular corn stock was ready. And you certainly wouldn't, you know, project that onto the, whether the hay or the wheat was ready. 
you know, I don't know if that was coincidental or if that was sort of trying to be a Texas based analogy, but in any event, that was kind of the point he was trying to make was that, you know, that the, the testing was just too skinny. They tested the wrong things. There were some other more minor points, but that was the, the gist of it. I guess we'll have to wait till the end of the trial to see what effect that had on the jury. Mike and Danielle, just lastly, what are the implications from the party's positions and arguments today? As we said yesterday, Dewana, we remain interested in how the jury is going to react to Intel's theme that the technology is old, that it was largely shelved and forgotten and was developed for a different purpose, uh, specifically the, the MP3 players. Uh, so we'll we'll see how they've laid uh, they've been consistent across the intel witnesses and during VLSI's case in chief and so I'll we'll be interested to see what happens during intel's case in chief how they bring those messages home more clearly. I'll be interested in two things, Duana, uh, along with what Danielle just said. One is the validity defense. You know, it's it's complicated to build a validity defense on what happened in an inter partes re-exam in 2006. See how that plays out. In the damages case, VLSI is taking the same approach, basically carbon copy of what it did in the first trial. I'm curious, what if anything different will Intel do? Thanks, Danielle, and thanks, Mike. Um, and to the listeners, please tune in next time. Thanks all.